Welcome. I'm Maria White, professional organizer, owner of Enough With The Stuff, and host of this podcast, Organize Your Stuff. I am thrilled you're joining me for a listen today. I will share tips on getting organized in all areas of your life, so stay tuned for simple tips or interviews with industry experts sharing their unique methods and insights for getting your home and life organized once and for all. This podcast will provide support, encouragement, and motivation along the way. I hope while you are listening, the topic will resonate and inspire you to organize your stuff. Welcome everyone to the next episode of Organize Your Stuff. Today I have a wonderful guest from my local NAPO chapter, and I'm really excited to introduce her. Uh, welcome, Jody. Thank you. Jody Alsai is, has founded Picture Perfect Organizing in 2008. She's a member of National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals and the Washington, D.C. chapter of NAPO, as well as a member of Photo Managers Association and is a certified personal photo organizer. Prior to founding her business, Jody was a graphic design and print production professional for 10 years. She has also been a volunteer leader with her sorority, Pi Beta Phi, since 2002. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be talking about photo organizing again. I have touched on it a little in the past, but it's not my, not my favorite organizing, you know, place to go. <laughs> so <laughs> I know that's your thing and you really enjoy it. So this will be great to talk about and hear from somebody who does it way more than I do. I love it. I love it. It's always been a passion. I have a degree in photography, but kind of knew I didn't want to be a photographer per se. I really liked the photos themselves rather than shooting the photos, being out there. So this is a great way to get to still experience that. Doing graphic design was another way. So it's always fun. To, I love looking through people's photos and exploring different, you know, genres and different you know, eras of photography, if you will. So it kind of brings me back to that as well and helping people store some of their really precious artifacts, their, you know, their old historical photos. So that's sort of almost a museum type, right. you know, process that, that is a lot of fun to work with as well. Yeah. So you're obviously a very visual person with that background. <laughs> so Absolutely. That's awesome. And you get to, through working with your clients and seeing their photographs, you get to experience their history and their lives and really intimate details about their, their families, which I think is it's part of what I enjoy the most about working with my clients is just getting to know them and their stories. So you actually get to see probably a lot more, you know, in detail. That I do. And I, I sometimes, especially when I'm working on a lot of photos for one client or working on a photo book for them, I feel I know them better at the end of the project. And, uh, uh, there was one time I was working on a, a senior's memory book for his end of high school. And then I saw him at our local pool and I wanted to say something to him because I felt like I knew him, but he wouldn't have had a clue who I was because the gift was from his mother. It was a surprise. He had no idea that I had made this book, but I felt like I knew the kid. That is so funny. <laughs> I was not that creepy one at the pool. Right. I, I kept my mouth shut, but I, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of go through someone, you know, lear learning about them from birth through high school. And I'll, you know, I felt like I knew him. So Oh, that's a sweet gift too. That's yeah, I get a lot of fun, fun projects like that. People's travel history, people's baby books, even if their kids are in college already. 
um, working it on. Happens, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, it happens. That's why they call an organizer. <laughs> yeah. Working on people's anniversary books, all those things. Oh, oh, that's a good idea too. When you're making these, are these actually the printed ones that are like done online? With mm -hmm. I do. I do custom books. So if a client, I've, it, whether I've worked with their photos or not beforehand, we get them together in some sort of you know, fashion, they pick out the ones that they want. You can never include everything. And that's one, one organizing tip right there for photos. But, um, and then we're, we're working on a book. Usually I do a custom design where, and I get it printed. Um, and so, yes, it comes out like a coffee table book, like a really fine printed book and they can choose different paper options, cover options, size of the book, et cetera. So it's, it's a lot of fun to put together. That's a great option so that you can actually see the pictures and enjoy mm -hmm. them rather than Putting them in a traditional, I would have to say, ugly photo album yes. <laughs> that sits on a shelf and nobody ever looks at it again, right? Exactly. And that's a lot of times I've even dismantled some of those ugly old ones. They're bad for photos. They were put, a, you know, put together in the 70s and 80s. They're deteriorating. And so we'll sometimes just pull everything straight out of there and make a new book at almost carbon copy, but just in an updated and archival format and something, yes, that's a little more accessible. And that's sort of, we always talk at the beginning of a project, that's what's your goal. So if we're organizing print photos out of an album and their goal is to get them scanned and into a new album, or if their goal is just simply to scan them and they just want them on a hard drive, you know, we talk first what's your overall goal? What are you, you know, what are you hoping to achieve? If I could just wave a magic wand, what would you like to see happen? Okay. And, then we, and then we go from there. So that's, that's really step one is almost looking at the end of the project to say, okay, what, what do we want to achieve with all of this? Yeah. Because if you know that it, it gives you your parameters and your limitations, right? So if it's exactly. a photo album, you're probably not going to keep nearly as many as if you just want to, you know, put them on your computer, but scanning if you pay for it, it's expensive so again Correct. there's a limitation in the budget <laughs> so. yep exactly i do i do rely heavily on their budget a lot of folks ask me if there's some sort of silver bullet thing to magically do all this for them and i say well no it depends on your budget your level of tech savvy your end goal if you have space in your home for tons of albums or boxes of prints mm -hmm. if you have room on your hard drive for all those scans if there's other way you know if you don't have the budget for cloud storage for all of that to back it up then we need to look at other options so there's no one way that i tell everybody you must do this and there we don't deviate from it i always make sure that the the client's goals and budget and time constraints and level of savvy are all taken into account because a lot of times they don't it's not rocket science. They don't need me to sit there and go through their photos, but they need a hand-holding. They need a little bit of structure. Sometimes scheduling the appointment with me is enough to get them to sit down and do it. And them <laughs> from going down memory lane with every photo, right? Because that's, that's the big danger with photo organizing is that, oh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I do that with my own photos. So I do too. It's, and so that's where I, I give them that option that I can be the one to throw it in the garbage can, that they know they want it thrown away, but they can't just physically bring themselves to do it. Yeah. And I remind them, you're not throwing away grandma. It's just a photo and it's maybe not a good photo and that's why we're getting rid of it. Um, I give them parameters on how to judge these photos. A lot of times because they're so attached, they can't make a qualified decision. They 
sit there and hem and haul over it again, wasting that time. And so I give them some structures, some categories, some grading options, if you will. I use an ABC structure to help them define <clears throat> their goals for what they, you know, what they want to keep. Again, their goal is say an album, but they can't keep everything. So A, B, C, just like you'd grade in, in high school and college, it's A's are your number ones, your gems, your true best photos, the ones you want in whatever that finished album or piece is. The B's, maybe they fit in somewhere. Maybe you keep just a couple of those prints. Maybe, you know, they, they're part of the story, but they're not really as great. Not really the high caliber that you want in an album because you can't look at everything. If you had an album with every single photo you've ever taken, it would be too overwhelming. And C is for trash can and those are the ones that are supposed to be dis disposed of blurry out of focus you know Landscape. poorly cropped poorly <laughs> what'd you say Landscape. <laughs> landscapes you know the uh, you can get a picture of the grand canyon or mount rushmore online you unless you have a person that you care about standing in front of it i always tell people take a picture with people in it you're going to care more about those in 20 years than you are just a beautiful scenery if you're taking a few beautiful scenery pictures. I work with a lot of hobby photographers who love the pretty landscapes or the animals, the leaves, the flowers. It's great. Those serve that purpose. Yeah. But you don't, again, you don't keep every one of them. You utilize them for that purpose. Maybe you want to create some beautiful art for your home. That's fine. But you don't need to make albums out of those. You don't need to store them in the same way as you would your memories. Yep. Um, so that becomes kind of a different category. And then with ABCs, there is an S on there. Mm -hmm. The story that is told by maybe a photo that isn't as great. If it is the only last photo you have of Uncle Fred, okay, his eyes are closed in it, but it's the only one you have. You keep that too. You get that scant perhaps. So there's always room for error, room for interpretation. I never tell anybody that they're doing anything wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's however you are most comfortable and what works for your goals. Exactly. Okay, so after they have sorted the A, B, C, and S, do you ever find that they need to go through it again to make that second call? Absolutely. Um, within those A, B, Cs, that still may be a lot. And there, it's yeah. either while you're going through it or at that next stage, you can get them into some categories, some more broad strokes of, Again, what your goal is, you're making a, an album just for your kids, so you're going to be dividing it that way. Maybe it's by child, maybe it's by age level, you know, elementary, middle, high school, maybe it's, you know, different vacations or Christmases, certain holidays, you could pull all those together. So there's lots of different ways to, again, depending on what your, your interests are, you, you may not want a book of all Christmas, you may want a book of vacations that you take every year to the same place. So you can make those category choices. And when you put together like with like, just like any other organizing, which I know you talk about, you find, wow, gosh, I've got kind of a lot of this category, that category. Maybe we can edit it down further. Maybe we can get rid of that one that I was on the fence about. Now I realize I have three, three of that type of shot you know, everybody standing in front of the Christmas tree. You can, you could probably <laughs> narrow that down. <laughs> you post pictures you need of the whole family, right? <laughs> exactly. And those, those ones that you, right. And those ones that you weed out, mm 
can still be kept in that B category. Maybe you save them for something else in a box somewhere. Um, I always tell people with school-age children to keep some of those discards because kids have projects that come home from school that need photos. They just want to do crafts and glue things on paper or whatever. You can keep some of those lying around. They don't have to be, you don't have to tear up your albums every time there's a, hit, a personal history project Some that you're, you, yep, that. I have two. And so it's a lot easier to just sort of say, here, have, have fun. Yeah. Okay. Play with the photos in this box. Yeah. I had a client who saved some of those discards for her mother-in-law who had dementia and they were able to just bring them to her, leave them at her house. And it was a great way to keep her yeah. memory fresh of her loved ones yeah. by letting her look through the box of photos, but they didn't care. Those were not their favorites. Right. Right. They left them at her house and she could do whatever she wanted with them, but they came, they came in handy for another purpose. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of ways and that makes people feel better that they're not throwing them away. Exactly. That's a great, that is really a great use of those pictures and mm -hmm. discards that maybe aren't perfect or just, um, you know, when we used to get them printed, we had doubles of everything. Absolutely. So that's another great idea for those doubles rather than pitching them or, you know, giving them to extended family, you know, to pay. Absolutely. It's a great sharing, sharing method without the electronic sharing. If people don't want kids and things on, you know, Facebook, they can share some photos with grandma or with cousins. It's a great way to, to do that as well. Yeah. And even like I know with my family every year, we would take the picture of the entire extended family with my family on our staircase. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to see the kids as they're getting older, you know, but yet I wouldn't want to make an album with like every single year because that would be kind of ridiculous. Tedious. That would get a little tedious. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. A little older, a little older. Uh, so to just go from like the beginning until like the most recent or maybe one in the middle as they're starting to get, you know, a little older. And then, and yeah, so I just want people to be able to wrap their head around like, yes, you may have taken that in front of the Christmas tree picture every single year for tradition. But it doesn't mean you have to keep every single one. Exactly. I have a lot of clients who love to keep their Christmas cards. You know, they get them all printed. They have too many and they want to keep extras of that. And I say, okay, you can keep one. Right. Well, you're obviously not sending out the 2015 card anymore. You don't need to keep the 20 copies that you had left over when you mailed them. You can keep <laughs> one, that kind of thing. It's, it's again, just very hard for people to, to, and even if they, you know, the, all the stuff we did get printed back then, it costs money. And, you know, it's a, it, it is something that people have a little trepidation when they're trying to get rid of things. They just know what they spent on it or what it, you know, meant to them at the time. So, right. yeah, they were good memories at the time, but the cameras weren't the same. <laughs> yeah. So we went through a real <clears throat> big, long period of disposable cameras and those are the worst quality photos. They're terrible. Taken. So everybody who had the, you know, 100 disposable weddings mm -hmm. <laughs> at their weddings. I mean, they're probably all the worst photos ever. You might have maybe five good shots. Yep. Of how many? Like, I don't even know. 30 cameras times I mean, 24 per camera. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't envy all those people who <laughs> did that with their weddings. But um, yeah. I've helped folks with those too. And again, it's getting it processed to the point where you're able to go through them and see if there's really anything there. And if they want to spend that money, to get it processed these days, they can, and they just have to know that most of it may be 
pretty much in that C category for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just the film too really um, fades and it degrades with different qualities and how long they last. Even, I even have photos from when my kids were little and we had them professionally done at like Penny's or Sears. And those have even really faded mm -hmm. and degraded, even though they're not like sitting in direct light. Of course, that's bad for photos, but you're like, wow, they're, they're not even hanging, holding up to um, time. So. They're not. A lot of the, and this is especially true with slides, but you do, you're right, see that with photos as well. The chemicals that were used in processing, definitely in the 70s, in the 80s, maybe even into the early 90s, were not great quality chemicals. And so the, those images and certainly the slides and the negatives start to degrade, even if they were kept in the best conditions. And then, at, yes, of course, you add the moisture that's in the air anywhere, the heat, the, the light coming in, you have it framed, it's on the wall, sunlight comes in that room, you're gonna have deterioration no matter what. So scanning, again, is a great way to catch it. If you, you know, you're at this point, there's nothing you can do about it. Scan it, within some mm -hmm. cases, there is a little bit of retouching that can get it back to a little bit closer to the original. But nothing, you know, you certainly want to catch it before it gets worse. Definitely, that's expensive to have your photos. I mean, it can be done, like you said, if you have that one photo of grandma, you know, and it's torn or, or has wrinkles in it and you want to get that touched up, great. One photo because it's not exactly with us, you know, it's really tedious work with every little pixel. And yeah, so you definitely want to preserve your pictures, you know, as soon as you have them. And I mean, digital is just the way to go with photos these days. There's endless amounts of storage but that, that can backfire <laughs> not that you want to keep everything <laughs> because you can <laughs> that definitely backfires and that's the other sort of prong that i help people with is they call and they're just overwhelmed their devices are full their cloud is full their phone is full they can't manage all of it and it's because we think it's limitless or it is limitless to keep taking and not taking the time to go through it. So that's really the, the message I try to give folks with digital is you have to be on top of the maintenance because otherwise you will get into that backlog every so often and, ha and be stuck and call, you know, run screaming for your organizer, 911, help me, because they don't go through it on a regular basis. One of the, I give two approaches. Number one, of when you're taking the photos, being mindful of what you're taking. So again, don't take the landscape, take a person in the landscape. When it's taking photos of children, I know it's really hard. You can't catch them. They're moving. They're, they're running around. Try to delete some of the ones that are just plain not good right there on the spot. And then, yeah, there's still a bunch you want to go through. So you've got sort of a phone camera roll, if you will. It's all in the cloud now, but you can go through your phone I like to tell people when you're at the doctor's office and you're sitting in the waiting room, it's a great 15 minutes. You don't need to read that really outdated magazine. Go through your phone. You don't need Wi-Fi or any kind of, you know, data and delete some of those crummy pictures so that when you are ready to make that album, it's a lot easier to go through and make those choices. You won't have just the clutter of stuff on your phone and same goes for a lot of people take screenshots or they download something that's on their phone um a lot screenshot yeah. screenshot you know and that's great you wanted to save it in the moment it served right. a purpose you know you took a picture in the parking garage to remember where you parked that's great yes 
that's, that's a really good tip, but you don't need to save that for posterity. So right. remember to delete it, whether it's a day later, a week later, delete it. Cause otherwise it's clogging up the good stuff, the yeah. memories that you want to look at. Yeah. And the other thing that gets, um, that adds to that is when people are on trips and they ask a stranger to like take the family photo. Well, most people will take like five or six photos cause you know, mm -hmm. it's real quick and you know, people are moving or have their eyes closed. And so they like to take, you know, a whole ton of them. <laughs> yep. That's great. But then you have to actually go and delete all the crappy ones with your eyes closed. Correct. Looking away and again. Yes. Yeah. So you may not have time to do it right there, you know, right. on the boardwalk at the moment, but again, you're sitting in the doctor's office, you're waiting around, you're, you know, five minutes between business calls, grab your phone. Yeah knock a few out, just delete as many as you can. And don't be afraid. Obviously, you know, most phones have the sort of recently deleted folder. You can bring them back if you had to, but for the most part, you won't need them. You don't need all of that clutter on your phone. And again, it's being, I wouldn't say totally vicious, but kind of vicious with, yeah. you know, making those decisions. And again, it, it, people call me as an organizer to come help them when they're deciding between, you know, all the portraits that their photographer took, they can't decide. They're all so cute. Yeah. I get it. Okay. So I judge them from a non-emotional perspective to help them get down to those really, really good ones. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So if we choose to scan our photos, um, just get them all digitized in some format, well, how do you recommend uh, organizing them and storing them or labeling, you know, the folders that we touched a little bit on it, but I want to kind of go into that a little mm -hmm. bit. So I, one thing I do recommend is actually getting that organized before you get them scanned. I help a lot of clients with that, or they can do it on their own by getting them into categories beforehand. You can put them in envelopes or bags or something to give to the scanner, or if you're scanning them yourself, they're already in categories so that once they're scanned, they get put into a folder that is labeled with whatever the category is, let's say birthdays. And so you have a bunch of photos that are all birthdays or by person. So you have uncle or auntie or whoever, and we can go through them easier on the computer because otherwise if they're all just a big box and you hand them over and say, here, scan these. Yeah. You're going to get them back numbered one, two, three, four, five, and so on. And that's harder to go through. It just takes more time. Go through it again. Like you have yes. to literally go through every picture again. So that's yes. So okay. if you're already sorting, because it is good to sort out the bad ones, you don't need to get the blurry photos scanned, period, because those cost money. Mm -hmm. Why not take the time to sort them into some categories? But if they're digital to begin with, they come into your computer, they aren't being scanned. Again, labeling them into those same categories helps you be able to find them later because you may not remember in 20 years right. that such and such an event took place on April 30th, 2015. You need to actually remember, okay, that was the 50th anniversary party that we went to for grandma. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, what, that's what I wanted to find. Not that it was on April 30th. You don't remember that. Yeah. Um, you need to use naming conventions that have those keywords in it, anniversary, grandma, grandpa, birthday. And you want to be sure that you're consistent when you name those files. So nothing spelling errors for certainly also what, you know, the computer doesn't catch spelling errors. You know, you meant to spell one thing one way, but it didn't, it didn't pick it up. You won't find the photos you're looking for. 
making sure the names stay the same. So birthday versus B-Day, mm -hmm. Christmas versus Xmas. I don't care which one you use, but you have to be consistent throughout and remember that that's what you've used or think about it, you know, think of your future self is what I try to say. What are you going to be looking for down the line? Are you going to be yeah. just look, looking by the name of your child just because you're trying to pull together something, you know, for their bar mitzvah or their wedding? <laughs> so name your child, put that keyword in and that can be in the file name. There are some ways to do it with software that a lot of photographers use to really code it into the photo. It's called metadata, but you could, a, a very simple basic approach for that is in the file name or in the folder. So you don't have to name 50 photos with the same name. You can just name the folder. The search will still come up. Yeah. You'll have the whole folder of photos of your kids, you know, and I, I did, um, family photos is like the parent folder and then subfolders within there was each child. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I might've done within the family photos by year. Mm -hmm. And then I also had separate ones for the kids just to throw in <laughs> stuff from the kids. Yep. And, yep. But all the family stuff was done by year. Absolutely. That's, that's easiest to do because digital obviously puts that date right on it when it comes in. So yeah. it's great to do it by year. You could break it down further by month. And so then within those, <laughs> yeah, within those like vacations, so like right. 2017, it's got like holiday photos that may or may not be in a separate folder. They could be all in there, but I might have an, another folder labeled, um, you know, vacation or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or if it was, you know, Grand Canyon or California, you know, I would label it that way and then just put all the pictures for that one time period in that subfolder. So exactly. And that's another key that I tell people in terms of maintenance is you want to be going through your camera or your phone frequently and make sure those things are labeled and stored properly. And after a trip is a really good time to do that. You're going to have a big glut of photos right there after a vacation. So you want to make sure that you get to it. God forbid your phone isn't backing up correctly to the cloud, let's say, or you did use a camera with an SD card and something happens to that camera or you're, you know, like I said, your cloud wasn't backing up. Those photos could get lost. So you want to be making sure things are regularly maintained, that every all the cloud backups are working, you have enough storage. Apple is notorious. It'll just stop uploading things to the cloud if you run out and they want you to pay for more. And if you don't realize that's happening and you lose your phone, yeah. you lose the photos. So it's, it's a troubling situation that nobody wants to be in. So I always recommend a lot of backup solutions for folks. Yeah, and you bring up a good point though, if you're you have limited storage by doing your regular purging you're always freeing up your storage right so exactly preventing that constantly having to pay more money for more storage just mm -hmm. keeping a whole lot of junky pictures you know that right you're never going to look at again or care about <laughs> exactly so i know um you know my biggest thing about photos is that most people don't look at them after they take them and that it just bothers me a lot so I know that um, you mentioned like there's Apple TV where you can have them scrolling on the TV. Mm -hmm. and, um, I have a digital photo frame and it's really my favorite all time ever gift. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody for family gifts. It's for those hard to buy people. It's, it's the perfect gift because you can uh, 
nowadays they've come such a long way you used to have to actually attach it to the you know hook it up to the computer and move your pictures over to it and that and then the picture frame never got updated with newer pictures because it's a hassle so nowadays they have photo frames that you can email pictures directly from your phone to the photo frame so you could be you know if your parents live in another state just zip them into their frame or my particular one that you can kind of see scrolling in the background is um it has an app and so i just send the pictures through the app right to the frame and I tell everybody, you know, my family, send me the pictures to my frame. It's awesome. And it actually um, allows you to do little snippets of video too, which is really cool. And you can listen to the sound or mute it and put labels on the pictures as you're putting them into your app. And uh, it's just unbelievable because I get to look at those pictures every single day because I sit at my table to eat and I look over at my photo frame and I just enjoy it and oh <laughs> so just like you do when you're going through your photos but I mean it's every single day and I love it makes me so happy to see the pictures of the kids or a dog you know or just family and that I don't get to see all the time Absolutely. There are so many tools these days. Those photo frames are so great. There's a lot of different sharing services and things that'll send photos to grandma for you, all those types of things that are just, it make it so easy to get to our photos now. And that's really the goal in the end. Like you said, you want to be able to enjoy them. Um, if it's not books, if it's hanging them on your wall, making a beautiful wall collage, there's all these different services now that'll put your photos on canvas or tiles or wood or metal, glass. you know, glass, everything. And it's beautiful. And if that's, you know, your goal to be able to, to use your pictures, I mean, some of the cheesy ones are, you know, put it on a mug or a, you know, mouse pad, but Hey, if that, that makes is, you happy, yeah. if that makes you happy, you want it on a throw blanket, somebody's face, go for it. <laughs> but, uh, uh yeah. you know, well, you actually um, just reminded me of something a minute ago. Um, you talked about services to store your photos. So uh, there's that forever. Is that what it is? Forever.com. Forever mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So you can actually put all your pictures into this platform and it's good for like lifetime, hundred years or something. I think it's a one-time payment. Um, it is. It's a, it, you know, it's, it's a subscription model. So you're subscribing. Um, I think maybe they do do monthly or yearly Okay. service yeah. fees as well, but definitely a lifetime fee. They offer that. Um, that probably saves you some money up front. And it's supposedly a service that they will continue to maintain your right. photos, quote unquote, forever. Um, there have been photo services that have gone belly up, even, yeah. you know, Picasa and things like that have transferred into a Google Photos. Mm -hmm. Kodak went to Shutterfly, things like that. Yeah we would hope, you know, you want to try to find something that's as reputable as possible. So even if they do go under, whatever the case may be, yeah. they still give you access to your images. They don't just walk away with them. Yeah. But, and so those services, especially when you're paying that much of a price up front, are usually, you know, I find them pretty safe. Again, people ask me, is there one plate, you know, magic bullet? Again, that's your budget. That's your comfort level with where you want to be keeping those things. Um, the big guys, Dropbox, Google, mm -hmm. they're probably not going anywhere. Right, um, right. Apple, you know, all that. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's a fairly safe bet to keep with some of those, but some people just don't like that 
interface. They don't like the way things are organized. Maybe it doesn't have all the tools they're looking for. So shopping around, there's no, there's no right or wrong. It's one or the other, you know, depending on your yeah. needs. And with forever, you can have family members add to it. Mm -hmm. Also, it's not just your photos. You can give them access. I don't really know all the details about it. I just recently met somebody who works with forever and, um, it's great for people who are into genealogy too. I've worked yeah. with some clients who okay. love to explore their family's history. They have these old photos, but they can't quite identify who this is. Okay, maybe if I share this with Aunt Mabel in South Carolina, she knows who that is, you know. So there's there's some great tools for that when you share photos electronically that you can get more information on, you know, the history, the background as well as just letting other people enjoy them for sure. Yeah, and the other thing I think people need to be aware of about their photos and using any of the online platforms to create like the photo books, such as Shutterfly, and I forget what the other one is. Snapfish. Oh, there's zillions. There's zillions. they <laughs> own the rights to use your photos any way they want. So mm -hmm. you sign that away as soon as you, you know, click on their little accept, uh, you know, so just be aware that they own your pictures now. And you will have no say if they use them in advertising or marketing in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that's just another thing you might want to look into more private uh, programs that, you know, you, you give them your photos, but they make the book and then they don't do anything with your pictures. Right. And there's, there are there's very limited return when you use a, a service like Shutterfly, Snapfish, some of those other services in terms of being able to download them again. So you put them up there. That's not your cloud storage. I've had some folks and I've had to go through great links. Oh, well, the only place I know I put them is Shutterfly. Okay. They didn't intend it to be storage, but at the same time, they have no idea where else they would be. So this group of photos, oh, you know, everything I took in 2007 is on Shutterfly. Okay, great. So we have to go through a very painstaking process to almost individually download images and they're there and you can get to them but it's not pretty so <laughs> it's not a good meaningful way especially if you had a major computer failure so you you need to recoup everything that you ever had a cloud storage true cloud storage is going to be able to let you get everything with a few clicks yeah. that's you know you want to make sure that your cloud storage is something that is economical but also ease of use. So you can't just sit there and download one image at a time over and over and over okay. to get back what you've lost. Because losses do happen. Hard drives fail, all the computer different, you know, uh, zip drives and thumb drives, CDs, all of these things have a limited time frame, a limited shelf life. So you want to be constantly updating them and you want to make sure there's that external copy because the guys at the cloud service that's what you're paying for, is for them to be updating their side of things to make sure that your data is always accessible. So even if your computer fails, everything's still up there. Yeah, and it's not even that um, the external hard drives and the CDs and some drives are necessarily outdated technology that you're talking about. It's that, you know, the quality, mm -hmm. you know, the CDs, people think they're oh, they'll last forever on a CD, they'll be totally fine, but nope. they also degrade over time. And I don't think most people know that. So. No, they don't. I mean, it's funny. There, it, even if you, if you write on it with a Sharpie, that actually supposedly can uh. 
damage the CD. And, you know, people do that all the, you know, used to do that all the time. And so there's a lot of these little nuances that, again, the, the professionals are storing it up there in the cloud. People used to have privacy issues with the cloud and, you know, all of that. I think we've, we've gone, gone so accustomed to so much of everything in the world being on the cloud these days that I think more and more people are getting comfortable with it. And it's just the way the way of the world we yeah. need to you you can't know. avoid it at this point no no <laughs> you are one in a gazillion if you aren't using the cloud for something exactly it's truly the way to i don't have anything just on my computer hard drive whatever is there is also on my dropbox on the cloud and i have a lot in google so you have to i mean oh you know if you yeah. do, your computer will die no matter what it's you know it's not a matter if it's when <laughs> yeah. I often recommend, and it depends, again, people's budget and their comfort level. Sometimes a Dropbox solution is really good because it's easy to use. They can just put things on there. They know where it is. It accesses a lot like your files, but then you have to remember to do it. So sometimes I recommend mm -hmm. to people to um, use some of these services that do it more in the background for you. And yeah, Dropbox has those services too, but like there's if you pay for it, there's ways to, you know, that people will or won't remember to do yeah. the backup. So yeah, with Dropbox, I just keep everything on my computer in Dropbox. So as right. soon as I open it and update any document, it's, it's already updated in the cloud. So exactly. It's just because yeah, I, I definitely had, um, I was one of those people who had the external years back when that was mm -hmm. a thing. <laughs> and I would <laughs> never do it. I never plugged it into my computer. Exactly. I think I might have done it twice. And I was like, what, why did I buy this thing? Because I'll never, <laughs> never use it. So, well, I just really want to thank you so much. This was a good discussion. We talked about a lot of different um, areas of the organizing of the photos and preserving the photos, protecting the photos. So this was great, great information. And uh, for our listeners, I think you are offering a discount. Yes, I offer a 10% discount on your first appointment right now during our limited opening. Um, I'm, I am doing virtual appointments just like this over Zoom, which is a great way to kind of get that first yeah. establish your goals kind of set up. We aren't necessarily diving right in because I can't be there touching your photos, but um, it's a great way to start getting some tips and establishing your goal for your project. Mm -hmm. Certainly with digital, there is a lot that I can, that I always already was doing remotely for people before mm -hmm. the pandemic. And so it's a great way to kind of get that started. And hopefully I can get back to seeing clients in person soon. So <laughs> I know, let's hope, right? Let's hope. Oh, but uh, either way, 10% off whatever that first appointment may be, whether it's virtual or not. And, um, you know, it's based on my hourly structure that I always have done with clients for every project. So. Yes, and they don't have to be local because... Exactly. I have had, I have virtual out-of-state yeah. clientele as well as local, and we can do virtual, we can do over the phone. Some people aren't totally great, don't love video, yeah. but, and there's ways to remote into a lot of, you know, people have their stuff in the cloud. That's an easy way for me to log into it. Right. and look at what they have and help them get it organized and for even, sure and even organizing on their computer their files too like mm -hmm. them on their computer but yeah, yeah. Um, remote desktop all of yeah. that stuff there's so many tools these days yeah it's awesome uh well thank you so much for uh chatting with me today i really appreciate you thank you so much you take care all righty bye-bye 
After listening to this podcast today, I hope you have some useful takeaways and feel super motivated to get organized. But maybe you're at a loss with how to start or where to go next in your organizing journey. Wouldn't it be amazing to have me right there to guide you through the process when you're losing motivation or feeling stuck with what to do next? I may not live near you, so through the wonders of our modern technology, I can be right by your side. Virtually, of course. You heard me. I offer virtual organizing. Reach out to me through my website linked below, and we could schedule your first session today. Also, don't forget to reach out to me on social media with comments about an episode or a topic you would like covered in a future podcast. Links are below in the show notes. Go get your organizing on.